Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Who's going to be on the cover of 2K21? I decided it's me. This is the Believe in Trailblazers show. The Portland Trailblazers have won the World Championship. On Believe Podcast Network. Boom, chakalaka! Portland's number one sports podcast network. Now. The Blazers win in four overtime. 140 to 137. Here's your host, Jordan Schultz. Wow. A lot has happened in the last week in the world of the Portland Trailblazers. I'm talking about huge news. Like just every single day, it seemed like there was another bit of news coming out in the past seven days. At this point, I'm kind of feeling like I'm in a glass case of emotion to quote anchorman uh, Ron Burgundy inside that phone booth, just feeling all sorts of different things at once. That is how I feel right now as a Blazers fan. First, this week, we find out that Blazers small forward Trevor Ariza will not be participating in the Bubble League in Orlando, set to begin at the end of July. Then we find out that Portland signs the runner-up for the MVP award in the G League to replace Trevor. Didn't end there, though. Earlier in the week, we all got news that Rip City's own Damian Lillard will be one of the cover athletes for NBA 2K21. Just awesome. And just to add to the craziness, Blazers TV play-by-play voice Kevin Calabro announced that he is parting ways with the organization. So much to unpack. A lot of people have been asking me what it's going to be like watching the NBA try to resume, try to start playing games again. And my answer has been this. Get ready for a wild ride full of ups and downs. Just it's going to be wild. I'll break down all this crazy news, good and bad, man. Just try to ride the wave with y'all this week as we break it down. Jordan Schultz sitting in with you for episode 26 of Believe in Trailblazers on the Believe Podcast Network. Believe is Portland's number one sports podcast network. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? If you have any burning questions about Rip City you want answered on the show or you heard something I said and want to tell me I'm crazy, hit me up on Twitter on the air Jordan with an O. This show available wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary TuneIn, anywhere else. So it's been a kind of a good news, bad news sort of week here for the Portland Trailblazers. I'll start off with most likely the best news that we've got, though. Start, start positive, right? And that is that Portland Trailblazers superstar guard Damian Lillard will be featured on the cover of NBA 2K21. Everything is game. Everything is dang. Yeah, that was a part of the clip announcing that he will be on the cover. Lillard, of course, a five-time All-Star, three-time All-NBA. He was the first of three cover athletes for 21 to be revealed. Actually, Zion Williamson also revealed as a cover athlete the following day. But Dame will be on the cover of 2K21 for all current generation platforms, including, of course, PS4, Xbox One, the Switch, Windows. Google Stadia as well. What a freaking cool thing for Damian Lillard. What an accomplishment. Not just him, but what a cool thing for the Blazers and us Blazers fans. Correct me if I'm wrong about this, fans, but I'm pretty sure that Damian Lillard is the first Portland Trailblazer that has sniffed the cover of a video game since that old Bulls versus Blazers in the NBA playoffs game on the Super Nintendo. What was that, like back in 1992? (laughs) 
I don't know if you recognize that or not. A lot of younger people probably don't, but this is literally what the music sounded like the last time any blazer graced the cover of a video game. Old polyphonic tones or whatever. <laughs> Keep that playing. Yeah, rock that. So Dame is the first trailblazer in 28 years and the first solo player from Portland to ever appear on the cover of a video game and the first player since game sounded like this to appear on the cover of a video game. Just really cool. That honor, of course, is always synonymous with the best, most elite players in the NBA getting on the cover of a video game. So simply, how does it make you feel as fans of Rip City that a huge company like 2K Interactive has finally bestowed that honor on a trailblazer? I know it sounds cheesy, fans, but it gives me goosebumps seeing him on the cover. Just congrats, Dame. Congrats to you. You deserve the honor. And I know that there's going to be a ton of orders for NBA 2K21 from the Pacific Northwest. And I'm sure we'll see even more fans once we can attend games again, whenever that happens, bringing those covers and those video games to Dame at the Moda Center to sign before and after games. What a cool story all around. Dame Lillard, Dame Dalla will be gracing the cover of NBA 2K21 on all current generation platforms. All right, Rip City, we started off with some good news. Now let's get to some bad. If you haven't heard, TV play-by-play voice Kevin Calabro is stepping away from the organization to focus on his family. Studio host Jordan Kent, he's going to be calling the final eight regular season games as a temporary replacement as the TV play-by-play voice along with analyst Lamar Hurd. Uh, Calabro, obviously one of the best talented, uh, one of the most talented announcers out there and just one of the best uh, guys behind the mic at the NBA. So it's overall a huge loss for the Blazers for sure. And it doesn't sound like this was really planned. So it makes sense that the team is going within the organization to find a temporary replacement. I love Jordan Kent. He's such a nice guy. He's very talented. I love how he sounds on the air. So I have no doubt that he'll be able to handle stepping behind the mic to call actual games like this. My issue overall kind of goes back a few years. I am one of the many people that thinks that the organization should have never let Mike Barrett go in the first place. Uh, MB came up through the organization as a TV studio host, kind of like what Jordan's doing now, before he was promoted to the play-by-play voice on TV after Pete Pranica left to join the Memphis Grizzlies. And MB was such a delight to listen to, just such smooth, dulcet tones. I miss his reactions whenever the Blazers hit a game winner. I just miss uh, the confidence and the calm, but fun and excitement that you heard in his voice. Mike was just so good at that. And I, I prefer Mike's emotions at the end of Blazers games. And that is with all due respect to Kevin Calabro and the pro that he is. He's been on ESPN, Fox Sports Net. I mean, he's called NBA games nationally for so long. So we obviously know what kind of talent Calabro is. That's not my issue. I, I just, I, I guess going back, you kind of look at the uh, firing of Mike Barrett and Mike Rice. And a lot of people were upset that Mike Barrett was let go. I personally thought, maybe like most people at the time, uh, that Mike Rice needed to go. He was kind of starting to say the wrong team quite a bit during broadcasts. Like, I remember one specifically, it was like on an East Coast road trip, and he was just calling the Celtics, the Nets, over and over, calling the game two days uh, before the Blazers had played uh, during their current game. And speaking of analysts being replaced, I mean, Lamar Hurd, he has been a great addition 
to the broadcasting team. I love his perspective, and he's kind of just filled that seat perfectly and uh, maybe made us all miss Mike Rice a little bit less. But as far as the play-by-play seat goes, Portland made a huge mistake four years ago when they let Barrett go with one year remaining on his deal. And they simply look bad by only getting a handful of seasons out of his replacement before having to replace the replacement. So, uh, not that they're listening, but I implore the Portland Trailblazers to bring back Mike Barrett, please. And I don't mean to be a Debbie Downer, but I have got some more bad news for you, Blazers fans. And this one, uh, this really hits you in the gut. Blazers small forward Trevor Ariza will not be joining Portland in Orlando because of some personal stuff that he's uh, taking care of. Actually. Kind of a a story that um, you feel sensitive about hearing about it. NBA insider Adrian Wojnarowski tweeting out that sources tell him Ariza has been involved in a custody case over his 12-year-old son and the mother's choice of granting a court-ordered one-month visitation period during the league's quarantine of teams in Orlando left Ariza to choose parenting responsibilities over competing in restart. That's a quote from Adrian Wojnarowski, uh, ESPN NBA insider on Twitter. I mean, it kind of hits your heartstrings, doesn't it? Some things are just more important than basketball. And I commend Trevor for putting his family and his responsibility as a father and a parent above his job. However, this could spell some major trouble for the Portland Trailblazers. Trevor has been so good, just a bright spot for Portland ever since he and Caleb Swanigan were acquired for Kent Bazemore and Scalabissier from the Kings back in, I think, February before the deadline or January. Uh, Before the NBA suspended its season in March, Ariza averaging 11 points, almost five rebounds, and one and a half steals a game, shooting 50% from the field, 40% from three-point range, and 21 starts for Rip City. Yeah, they're going to miss that, especially because Kent Bazemore was not filling that position well before he left. Ariza came in, and and since the Rodney Hood injury, they've just kind of had a black hole at the forward position, and Ariza came in, solidified that, and definitely gave you more consistent play night tonight. So that, it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt Blazers fans. Neil Olshay did add someone to the roster to replace him, though. The Blazers signing Jalen Adams, uh, the G League's runner-up for the MVP award, so definitely nothing to sneeze at. This kid's got talent. He had previously signed a 10-day contract with the Milwaukee Bucks, but he was cut uh, during training camp of this season. Last season, uh, he spent with the Atlanta Hawks, went undrafted, and actually caught onto their roster. I think uh, where did he go? Uh, Saint Bonaventure is his school uh, in 2018. He went undrafted that year. This kid, Jalen Adams, solid numbers from the G League. Of course, once again, he's the runner-up for the MVP. Uh, 21 points a game, five assists, five rebounds, 1.7 steals in 34 games with the Wisconsin herd. Now, in my opinion. They needed somebody like Gerald Green more, a free agent forward, uh, because he replaces more of what you're losing in Trevor Ariza, that kind of savvy veteran presence. He can hit shots, play good defense. Uh, It is worth pointing out that Anthony Simons didn't handle the backup point guard position as well as Stotts would have hoped this year. So maybe that's why you signed Jalen Adams, but that was kind of already a weak spot for the team. And I never believe in addition by subtraction ever. Sure, maybe they've gained a young and talented point guard, but they are now missing their starting small forward. 
Once again, a mess of a position when Kent Bazemore was trying to hold things down after Rodney Hood tore his Achilles. I don't know, fans, if you agree with me or not, but I think that a reason not going is a devastating loss for Portland, who obviously only working with eight games. And maybe the Blazers felt confident about signing somebody smaller, signing somebody to fill that point guard spot since they're going to have Yusuf Nurkic and have Zach Collins coming back. I can buy that. And I'm sure Zach is probably, because Ariza is not playing, going to have more minutes in the rotation than Terry planned on originally giving him if he had Ariza. So Zach Collins definitely helps offset the loss of Trevor. But Ariza has been in these do-or-die situations before of needing to perform and needing to show up. There's just no substitute for experience. We hear that all the time in the NBA. Playoff experience is key. And that makes me nervous about losing him for the rest of the season for sure. And and that's why I'm even more nervous about the Blazers using their replacement player, although he doesn't affect the salary cap at all. You use that replacement to sign a point guard with no experience? Does that tell me that Terry Stotts didn't want to try and implement anybody else into the roster? I don't know. Kind of frustrating. But ultimately, though, um, the main reason I'm upset that they didn't add another veteran is because in the last week we found out, and this just goes kind of above and beyond who the Blazers are playing. We found out that Rip City has one of the hardest eight game schedules of any team resuming the NBA season. Going to break this down. They're facing off against some of the best in the league. And the only team that has a losing record on their schedule is their eighth and final game that they play against the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, Just to break this down quickly, July 31st, when they tip off, they're playing Memphis, then Boston, then Houston, Denver, the LA Clippers, Philadelphia, Dallas, and Brooklyn. Seven of those eight teams are winners, folks. And I would say six of those eight teams are elite right now. Keep Denver out of that, or sorry, five out of those eight teams, keep Denver and Memphis out of the conversation, are elite. This is a tough schedule the Portland Trailblazers are facing. They come in ninth place right now, 29 and 37, and one of the three teams that sit three and a half games back of the eighth place Memphis Grizzlies in the Western Conference. And sure, we've talked about it here on Believe in Trailblazers. They only have to stay within four games to force a play-in tournament as the ninth seed. But that looks a lot harder. How hard is it going to be to win four of those games at this point? CBS Sports NBA analyst Colin Ward-Henninger, he said that Portland had the 16th most difficult remaining schedule when the season was suspended. Now it has the fifth hardest with the restart in Orlando. Just insane. And benefits for the new schedule, the New New Orleans Pelicans, they have a breeze of a season compared to Portland. Their opponents combined winning percentage, the, the Pelicans, is just under 50%. And the Blazers obviously playing almost all winning teams. Uh, When I asked Nick Padone last week about the possibility of a Zion v. LeBron first-round matchup, I didn't think that the league was going to go as far as giving them an easier schedule to try and make it happen. I just thought it would be something fun to talk about. Ugh, That's just me being a cynic, but it is obvious that the Blazers will now have one of the hardest roads to the playoffs, even with the return of Nurkic and Collins. I expected their way to the postseason to be a tiny bit easier, folks. I expected those additions uh, or re-additions, whatever you want to call it, of of Collins and Nurkic uh, really being the X factors kind of vaulting them back into the playoff conversation after dealing with so much adversity this season. But 
I I don't know. It's going to get a lot harder now that the schedule is that hard. And not to be a wishy-washy prognosticator, but I'm still not totally convinced that the NBA is actually going to be able to finish the season. And finally, NBA Commissioner Adam Silver has said so publicly. He said in a Time 100 Talks discussion that there is no guarantee that 22 NBA teams who are qualified for the relaunch of the season will even travel to Central Florida. Teams, of course, tentatively scheduled to arrive in Orlando between July 7th and July 9th. He said, quote, it's never full steam ahead, no matter what. Here, uh, what he had to say after that. He's definitely throwing this out there for the very first time, talking about the possibility of the NBA season uh, coming to a complete stop again. I think one thing we're learning about this virus is much is unpredictable. And I think we and our players together um, with their union, the Players Association, look at the data on a daily basis. And if there was something to change that um, was outside of the scope of what we're playing for, certainly we would revisit, um, you know, our plans. I'd also say, I mean, we're testing daily. I mean, I, we haven't put a precise number on it, but if we were to see a, a a large number of cases and we were to see spread in our community, that would, of course would be a cause for us to stop as well. And you're seeing not just uh, the worries in the NBA community, but major league soccer actually had to shut down one of their facilities. I think it was a, a bunch of players for FC Dallas tested positive. You've got all over the place. These stories are coming out. I talked about it with Nick Pidone last week. I'm believing trailblazers, 23 players and five staffers from Clemson university, uh, 23 football players tested positive for the coronavirus. The Philadelphia Phillies had, uh, I think at least three or five players with another couple of staffers testing positive. When you're talking about athletics and you're keeping these guys together in such a small space, this is going to happen. And you've already heard commissioner Adam silver talking about the fact that they cannot guarantee safety. For their players in totality, it's basically just going to be um, a test and a retest process. But we're thinking of guys, the main concern for the coronavirus has been like respiratory symptoms. And we're thinking of guys, okay, well, you're sniffling and that kind of thing. You're having trouble breathing. Maybe we need to keep you away from people and just quarantine you for two weeks. There are literally, I read this earlier this week, a third of coronavirus sufferers that do not show respiratory symptoms. And I'm not talking about the asymptomatic people, but it's people that are showing symptoms like the stomach flu. Literally, you can have diarrhea, you can have all those symptoms, and it is the coronavirus. A third, a third of the people testing positive for coronavirus have those symptoms, more like the stomach flu than they have a respiratory illness. So I would like to know, are, are they monitoring all symptoms? I mean, they have a massive long, I think it's 120 or 130 page list of protocols that they're going to be going through if the season does resume in Orlando on July 30th. It's just, we don't know. It's going back and forth every week. And from the sound of what Adam Silver is saying, us fans are just kind of having to lean on that wait and see attitude that we've had basically throughout the coronavirus. Just kind of hope, simply hope that the NBA can get going again. I, I really do want to know, fans, hit me up on Twitter. Do you think that the NBA will crown a champion in 2020? I've been worried about the NBA season actually getting fi finished this whole time since COVID-19 hit, even with people talking about the restart. Now you're hearing it from Commissioner Silver for the first time, too. He is acknowledging the same thing. We just got to wait again. I don't know what to say for sure, Rip City. 
other than I guess we will know next week or not if the Blazers and fellow teams actually show up in Orlando. Cross your fingers, Rip City. And that is a wrap on episode 26 of Believe in Trailblazers. If you have any burning questions about the team you want answered or you think I'm crazy, hit me up on Twitter, on the air, Jordan with an O. This show available wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. Please, please, please hit the download button and subscribe wherever you listen. You can also find the show at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts on Twitter. All right, Portland fans, that's all for now. Please continue to do your best to stay healthy, wash those hands, and wear those masks out there in public. I'm Jordan Schultz, and I'll talk to you next week. Rip City, baby. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.